Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Boom. Here we are. Boom in, maybe. We're about to be in here in a second. Let me introduce the guest. Boom. Let's just do it. Ryan <laughs> O'Connell, the COO and founder of Boomin. Hi, Ryan. What's up, guys? How we doing? I'm living the dream. Me too. Trying Literally. To, I'm I'm trying to learn how to be an influencer just like Matt Watson. That's right. And uh, so in order to do that and talk about influencer marketing, we had to bring in some specialists. Heard you know a couple of things about that, Ryan. Know a couple of things. We're getting into it. Heavy right now. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, well, let's first off, what is influencer marketing? Sure. So we have a little bit of a different take on influencer marketing. You know, over the last two years, you've seen this fire festival yeah, was just situation that, happen, yeah, right? Yeah. So everyone knows it, including my wife who called me after the documentary came out and said, you guys aren't doing this, right? Um and so everyone has this thought of, I'm going to pay for a post, it's going to go viral, and I'm going to sell all my products or all my services. And that's just not the truth anymore, right? Those days are gone. Organic reach is gone. Um, and so now it's about, uh, specific, specifically with us, coming in, going out and finding even small-time influencers and, and getting creative content from them, the user-generated content, and then being able to take that content and utilize that in ads. So we're not even concerned we're focused on the actual post and reach they're getting. Yes, that's great. And we're, of course, getting sales from that. But the focus is getting, again, not even A-list influencers, but B and C-list influencers, getting quality content, getting testimonials, and then being able to utilize their testimony and credibility in, in advertising t- to their audience specifically. And that's what we're really seeing a huge return on, opposed to, again, paying an influencer, crossing your fingers, and hoping that you get the return that that you want or the ROI. Well, and I, it has to be done the right way too, because, um, I remember uh, a friend of mine followed, uh, it was one of the women's soccer players on Instagram. And it was highly annoying. Cause like every other post on Instagram was clearly an advertisement by them. Like it was total influencer marketing of them doing something stupid with some product that was totally blatant advertising. So I think it has to be done the right way too. Well, that's you have a good point, and some of that's about how can you tastefully, yeah, but still maybe shamelessly, you know, rock a little self promotion. I mean, unlike doing things like saying this podcast is brought to you by the founders of FullScale.io, we help people build software. I mean, was that blatant? No, it wasn't. Maybe. No. <laughs> you know, I think, I think there's the expectation too, right? Like you guys offer a ton of value on this podcast in terms of the how to's and, and walking people through the reality of, of what startup life is like. So when you're talking through that situation and talking through these products and, and services, there's that expectation. If you were to come on and talk about a, you know, a new hydration water that helps you through workouts, the audience is going to be like, dude, come on. Like we're talking about startup hustle here, not about hydration for my CrossFit workout. So I think when people have that expectation, um, not only are they open to it, they're all in on it. You know, I guarantee you that you guys have a lot of push in terms of that startup world. And people are like, wow, that's a great product. I would love to test that out because of the credibility and it being in line with what you guys are talking about. 
So, you know, we were, Ryan and I were talking a bit before we hit record and his company, Boomin, that's uh, B-O-O-M-N.com. It is. Helps e-commerce brands and different people and businesses expand their uh, reach through influencer marketing and a whole lot of other stuff. And, you know, I was using the specific example of mixtape because mm-hmm. mixtape uh, and what Joel Johnson, the the creator of the game, and I have talked about, like mixtape is a great example of something that would probably be received well in an influencer marketing campaign. You know, you say mixtape, it's about music. And, you know, in a recent podcast, we were talking about the book that I just wrote and right. a member of Dave Matthews band. If you have him playing mixtape on a tour bus with Dave Matthews and they post it on Instagram, it's game over. Cause there's enough people that are like, Oh wow, they're having fun doing that. So there's, so certain types of things will respond well to influencer marketing. What are some things that might not? Yeah. Just like I said, it's about that authenticity, right. you know, is, is everything. Um, and so just making sure that, you know, you're aligning yourself with, I guess, you know, themes and and products and services that align with your audience and what they're looking to. to, Kind of like you said, us pushing a hydration water product (laughs) for the workout. And if you're friends with Watson on Facebook, you can see him shirtless. Yeah. Talking about how he doesn't work out. That's right, baby. Were you pushing water products there? I saw water behind you. You were by the pool. That wasn't a dig, by the way. That was just throwing it out of left field. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> but but the, but like you said, I think that Austin authenticity and, you know, I'm OK with someone, you know, pushing or recommending so, something like I get it. I'm OK with that. But like you said, if you have a musician and he's like, man, the brakes on my car and the way that this brake shop did it or just really stopped a lot of bad stuff from happening to me, I'd be like, dude, what the frick is this? Yeah. So is, is that part of what you like, how do you find influencers then? Like what, what's, I mean, tell, tell us about what Boomin does and, and like your process of determining, I mean, how you would help us. Yeah. How would you, how do you go about doing a campaign like this? Sure. Yeah. So I guess to take it all the way back, uh, I helped start a content marketing agency out of college called Influence & Co. They're still in Columbia. They're about a hundred people strong. uh, It's in Columbia, Missouri. Columbia, Missouri. um, Run by Kelsey Meyer unbelievable company. But what I realized over a five-year period there that I had almost zero interest in starting another agency and having 100, 150 employees. You know, we were just talking before the podcast kind of got rolling here about, you know, the days of Matt being able to have 10 employees and just crushing the day. I said it was a lot easier to take, on some days it felt like it was easier to take over the world with 10 people than it was with 200. Yeah, for sure. Because it's a lot easier to get the marching orders out and communicate and Stuff like that. But yeah. yeah. So what I realized. Did you guys of, have that many employees at that other company? Yes. Yeah, so we had about 75 <clears throat> when I left and um, about 100 now. And, you know, I noticed once we moved, you know, out of one room, essentially, the relationships kind of disappeared yeah. in, in, in some sense. And, you know, I spent the better part of three years traveling the country, meeting people. That's how I got connected in Kansas City with folks like Blake Miller and Drew Solomon um, and realized that I didn't have any connectivity to my clients. And so, you know, when we set out for Boomin, we wanted us to stay in one room in terms of our team and have a much deeper, uh, wider relationship with our clients. So for us, we come in and we actually take a percentage of revenue of every store that we work with. And so instead of coming in and doing a management fee or a percentage of ad spend, which is a, a, a typical agency practice, we come in and say, we'll take 15% of net revenue on the store. And in exchange, we are your growth partner. 
if it's anything related to digital marketing or your store, we not only advise, but we also manage it. So that can be SEO, that can be site builds, email marketing, influencer marketing, advertising. And so when you approach that model, it's almost like investing. We have to come to the table. We have to look at their data, look at their analytics, look at them as people say, do we want to sit with them and get 10 phone calls a day from these folks? And so um, totally different than scaling that last agency because it was just sell, sell, sell and, and you know, execute, execute, execute. Um, but it's a lot more fun. Again, the relationships are so much deeper. It really is an investment. It's an interesting model. Sure. So is yeah. it 15% above whatever they're currently doing? Or is it 15% of what they're currently doing? What well? they're currently doing. Okay. Yeah. Especially when we come in, you're talking about, you know, building an entirely new, typically a Shopify store is where we primarily work. And so it's a heavy investment. You know, we're, we're, we're probably uh, losing to break even first 45 days or so. Okay. Um, and so, you know, it's the understanding of, hey, we're going to come in, we're going to, you know, take some beatings up front, knowing that over six, nine months, we're going to be able to to grow the store and both be properly Right, you know, yep. paid out long term for this. I, I mean, I like that because I like it's it. performance based. Yeah, I was going to say I like it. You got skin in the game. You have a vested yeah. interest in the success or failure of whatever it is that I'm doing. And you know, the typical like uh, a lot of you know digital marketing or whoever your ad agency is, oftentimes are just motivated to see how much of your money they can you can they can spend for you and how quickly. And if that's the only incentive that you have that's a problem, yep. you know, like you're trying to help want me to spend more money so you can get paid more money, but there's not necessarily results tied to that. And then, you know, you're oftentimes hearing, well, it takes a little time and blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, well, I'm through a whole pile of cash here and you got a percentage of that, but right. there's no results. I've so got an idea. Tell me. We should give him 15% of the podcast revenue <laughs> and he'll help grow it. <laughs> <laughs> podcast game is still a wild west. Yeah. Are you it. in? We'll give you 15%. No, you're not allowed to make those offers, man. You don't <laughs> know where, cause you don't know where this is going. Yeah. So, and there so is, no, and there is no revenue. <laughs> to the podcast, so. That's, yeah. The other but, key problem. But we are influencers. We could tell something. Yeah. Right? That means we're supposed to get paid, Matt, not pay people. Oh shit. I got this all wrong. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take notes and I'm going to get it right for you. <laughs> like here on my notepad that I have to take notes on because they dude, this is turning into work. This, I, you know, I used to just sit down and I record now I got to like take notes so we can actually get the descriptions right. And we got, I don't know, man, I'm thinking about quitting. <laughs> so Watson tried to give away 15% of the podcast. And I've got another right page where I write, where I put a tally every time you yawn while I'm talking. Yeah. And the problem is, is I'm out of paper. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, that's, that's fun. So, um, okay. So, I like the approach, the, uh, well, first off, the Fire Festival was a great example. And for those of you that aren't familiar with it, I know many of you are, Fire Festival uh, was at Billy McFarlane and Ja Rule. Yeah. They wanted to do a festival and they paid a bunch of people like Kylie Jenner, I think was kind of the, uh, the one that really, you know, she's got a massive reach. Yep. So they basically, you know, I think they paid her 250 grand for an Instagram post. To hype she, it up. She's got such a broad reach. She's like, oh, I just can't wait to go to this festival. And it created a lot of hype. A whole lot. And where was that festival? It was somewhere in the Bahamas. Okay. And, but it was a total shit show. It was a yep. disaster. They didn't have, the, they didn't have enough time to get it set up. Everyone got there. It was like a disaster zone when they got there. And it was wildly irresponsible by Billy McFarlane 
the the creator to actually let it happen and let people arrive there. Like they knew it was, they knew they weren't ready, but if they didn't let people arrive, they were without a doubt on the hook for like $10 million of like refunds and stuff like that. Anyway, the word got out, the acts started canceling. A bunch of people showed up to this festival. It was a total shit show. I think Billy McFarlane's in jail for fraud. Wow. And it I really still in there. I did hear some rumors that, uh, they may be back on for number two, which is, you know, it's not real life to people like us here, especially good Midwesterners. But if you look at, if you unpack the storyline, even prior to fire festival, it makes sense. They'd give it another go. I mean, that's well, just in their blood. It has a lot of hype around it. Everybody knows like, what it is. I mean, now. you could yeah. literally like, I love remarketing type stuff and like repurposing you could be like you know fire too like yeah or i don't know you did we'll get it right this time yeah and you know but but you know well first off that whole business is tricky anyway but um so but with that came a lot of scrutiny on influencer marketing because now there's a level of responsibility that was being attached to people like kylie jenner because look there was a lot of backlash and some of these people were paying like a lot of money to yep. go to this thing. And they yeah, got sure. there and there was like a tent on the beach with like a bottle of water in it and like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And they were like expecting a villa. Yeah. I want green M&Ms. Your, dude, your rock star tendencies are growing. I'm Ever <laughs> since we hit the charts, ever since we hit the charts, your demands and your rider are out of control. All right. I mean, really? Good. Like, I mean, dude, why do you need a tour bus? For our podcast, when we do it in our office, well, gotta stay mobile, right? Just in case, just in case. I get yeah, it. Just in case. I get it. And then why does? Well, it... sometimes we do them on site. You know, when we we do the stadium tour, but you need the you need the tour bus outside of the office every day, just in case. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I need, I need a safe space. <laughs> I I get it. That's actually the, the purpose of a tour bus for most musicians yeah, is a place a to hide space. from everyone else. Yeah. But so so the scrutiny developed around influencer marketing, and I'm sure that that's something that comes up. So did did some new newly created standards form with that? Like, I mean, are Instagram and some of the social media platforms, or even just the management of these quote influencers, like don't they have to denote that there's a paid element to what they're doing now, or is that just a recommendation? I think it's still more of a recommendation. I think that if you unpack Fire Festival from a marketing perspective, I think that's what I'm surprised isn't talked about more. I mean, they killed it. Like they, they did a great job and they did yeah. exactly what influencer marketing can do for right. you if you're strategic, thoughtful. I mean, listen, the agency that that put that on is known as one of the best agencies in the influencer space. And so um, I think they did an unbelievable what, job. Don't they have a they have a weird name? What are they called? They're like fuck Jerry. Yeah. That's the yeah, that's yeah. the company. And it's basically a media company, right? It's, yes. it's not even a marketing company. It's a media platform yeah. with with tons of connections, essentially. Yes. Interesting name. I'm changing um, I I'm thinking about changing our name to fuck Matt. <laughs> and then just let people figure. I mean, I feel like enough of our employees might yell that when we leave the room anyway. So why not just like if we change the name, if we rebrand, then they're no then we kind of remove the power of well, screaming that. Let's start by putting that on the tour bus and we'll see what happens. I yeah, you clearly haven't seen what I spray painted on the side of your tour bus oh, on the way in today. Okay. So yeah, and do you have to leave it on all day? Yeah. And plugged in. Is it I, it's like my executive bathroom. 
Oh, I, I get it go now. Out there and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know why I was late to the recording now too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so there has to be a level of responsibility that has been added to this. Like, is that something you guys work with clients for or like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's less about the responsibility because again, the marketing company delivered and they delivered what was supposed to be the thing. It was about the actual operations that blew fire festival. And so, you know, we take the same approach of let's make sure we actually deliver, you know, eyeballs. That's at the end of the day, we're looking to get eyeballs, you know, to product or, or, or service. And so um, for us, it's just about maintaining control. And I think that's the, the biggest issue right now is again, you can't just pay an influencer anymore and, and hope that you're going to get a ton of reach and, and organic traffic from that because uh, Facebook, Instagram, all the platforms are are throttling your organic reach. I mean, they're, they're public businesses. They want you to spend advertising dollars. And so, you know, with that approach, you know, we kind of take things and we say, all right, let's, where can we take back control? And so um, a great example of this is we work with Rural Cloth. They're a premium clothing brand for Americans. And we found um, an influencer in Easton Corbin. He's about 1.2 million on yeah. Facebook. It's uh, a country music artist, yeah, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Very well known. Yeah. Kind of been a little quiet, quiet as of late. Um, but instead of saying, hey, Easton, go post for us about rural and gosh, we'll just hope we get some sales. What we did is we take his ad account and we take the rural cloth ad account. We get Easton to film photos and videos and testimonials. And we actually run ads to his audience from his ad account in rural cloth gear, talking about rural cloth. And it's been five to 10 X the results um, from when we did actually just utilize Easton to do posts. I think yeah. So it's not just him posting on his own uh, social accounts. It's correct. actually ads that are using him. Correct. And again, back to the beginning of our conversation, his audience loves it. Like this clothing was almost built for them. So they're right. excited when they're served an right. ad because it's, in line with their interest. Well, I tell people all the time, I'd rather see an ad for something I like, like show me ads for Ferraris all day and no <laughs> ads for Viagra. I'll, we would be happier, right? What like show you, me for if, ads for things I care need, about. What if you need both? Well, I'm not there yet. Maybe when I get older. Oh, I thought you, I was talking about the Ferrari part, but anyway. Yeah. But I, I I'd agree. rather just I, see ads for things I care about. Sure. You know? I, I hear you on that, but I, isn't, I mean, that's kind of like why big data exists yeah. and whatever. I mean, I, you know, part, if you're listening to the podcast, you might've actually been exposed to the podcast through recently finding an Instagram ad. Right. And that's been something that quite honestly, you know, talk about that's been very successful for us recently. It's not something that when you talk about the organic reach or yeah. the paid reach, but being able to be very specific about it. And, you know, I was even thinking about that the other day, like on an influencer play, like who, what influencer would you listen to that would talk about the podcast and drive listenership that also already doesn't have a podcast? Yeah, sure. You know, and that's where that So do you ever run into that? Like, I mean, well, we talked about, so let's, let's do this. Let's define like an A- B, C, or D level influencer. Sure. Well, I think we're D. So let's start there. <laughs> Dude, are we even that? <laughs> even that? It's uh, it, it, after, M for Matt. After I, I, I was recently <laughs> somewhere and I just thought it was funny because, you know, um, someone came up to me and they said, Matt DeCourcy. And I said, yeah. And, and uh, I, they knew me from social media. And my wife was like, oh, you're famous. I was like, <laughs> I am a G list niche celebrity 
in a very small market. Yeah. And that means 50 people know who you are. So we'll start with that. That is the benchmark. So Matt, I'll give you H. You're an H lister. All right, cool. No, but what, do, you, how, do you guys actually have parameters for which you define that? And does that then dictate the pricing? Yeah, it's kind of macro and micro for us. Um, and, and even further, it's, you know, who's big enough that they probably have an ad account, you know, <laughs> built out or have run some ads that we can get access to and know that, again, we can control the reach. Because, now, when you say control the reach, let's define that a little bit. Like, what do yeah, you so, what do you want? What do you uh, control? Again, you know, if I have you guys post on Startup Hustle Facebook page, you know, had a great time with Ryan O'Connell, you're reaching anywhere from five to ten percent of your audience, regardless yeah. of how great your post is, regardless of how much I killed the podcast. And so, for us being able to have control in terms of marketing towards that audience that the podcast existed and putting the podcast in front of them multiple times allows us to reach a much, much higher percentage of people. And again, we know that people are interested in in what we're doing here. And I'm talking about the podcast because they've liked or followed the page. So we're not trying to market to, to a cold audience. It's we're essentially remarketing to an audience that's already put their hand up and said, we want to be a part of this long term and, and kind of stay tuned with everything that's going on. Okay. So we were going to define, so what's an A, what's it like an A list? Like, what does that require? What are the, what horsepower do I need? Well, I think it's different for everything, right? So for example, with Stackify, our A list celebrities is not Kylie Jenner. It's not Kanye West. It's not a Kardashian. It's not anybody you've ever heard of. It's somebody in our industry. Well, I get that. Right. But still that person has to have a given amount of Okay, look, if you have 500 followers on IG, no, you're not. I mean, that's 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 what I'm for, looking for at. For us, it's like um, somebody who's a big community leader in the software development community or, you know, a famous person in the software development community. Well, sure. If Gary V, if you're out there, and I know you listen because I just know, you should mention us on your podcast and on your Instagram. But for example, Gary V would be a great example of that would be an A-lister for us. But he still has like 6 million followers. Who is Gary V? Gary Vanderchuk or Vander, however you say it. Vanderchuk, yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, surprised the, you don't know who that is. The reason why he's A-list and I would even let you guys spend the type of money it would take to get a Gary V um, is because of his engagement, right? His engagement is off the charts because yeah. he curses and yeah, he yeah. tells people to go out and sell stuff at garage sales and because he's been an investor in, I don't know, five unicorns at, a, at the pre-seed. Um, Gary V is like a super marketer and he is like right up our alley too. Cause he'll be like, you got to fucking do this. And yeah, he's just really like, love not, it. He's not. Yeah. He doesn't wear a tie to work and uh, shine his shoes. Let's put that. He actually has his own line of shoes, which yeah. I'm planning on doing for us. Soon. Nice. Find that soon. Follow us at, at startup hustle podcast on Instagram for when that happens. Okay. So that's like, that would be an example. Like now realistically, what would I have to pay Gary V? to do a social, uh, an Instagram post about startup hustle. Any idea? Yeah. Above 10 K for sure. Just for one post. For sure. And, he, and honestly probably wouldn't even do it. Yeah, I get it. But you know? if he, if he would, yeah, and by the I, way that I don't think that that's that outrageous. I mean, if you think about what it would reach now, how many followers do you have? Gary, Gary V. I mean, I think I would rather. He has 6 million followers. And high level of engagement. So what would we call a high level of engagement from someone like that? Above 5%. 
So that would be 300,000 people. So about so by engagement, they're taking whatever action that the influencer is prescribing. Yeah. Click this link, do download. This or are you app. saying only 5% of them would even see the ad would even see it, see the post. Correct. Only 5% of them would see the post. Okay. Okay. But yeah. what would be, what would we consider to like a, uh, and you're going to get like then 1% of that or something right. would actually click the link. And that's the struggle. And that's the conversation that we have is like, okay, let's back that out ROI. And let's say that we could put a monetary value. I think it's going to be 3000 people though. You know, click the link. I'd rather run cold paid ads and have a better return. Actually at that. that rate, our current, hang on. <laughs> yeah. We would cost 10 times as much for the same amount of clicks than what we pay on a regular ad. Right? Yeah. But those people might buy at a significantly higher conversion. And you're also right about that. And then another thing that comes out that I think you'd consider too, is like, well, do you get to repurpose that ad? Right. And to other things, you're like, look, Gary B likes us. And, and the smart ones, let's just say the A-listers, they're just not going to let you do that. It's going to be another 20 grand, so another 20 grand. A good grand. example of this is like, so Stackify has a free tool called Prefix that we built and hundreds of people download it every day. We are, we're on a podcast called .NET Rocks. It's the number one podcast. And there's a guy named uh, Carl, Carl Franklin and another guy that hosts it. Like, so for us, if we could get Carl Franklin to like do some little thing saying, oh, this free tool from Stackify is like the coolest thing in the world and you have to have that. And then we could use that ad all over the place. Like everybody knows who he is. Yep. Like he would be an influencer for us that nobody else in the world would have any idea who he is, except if you're in our industry and you're a .NET developer or whatever. Right? Yeah. But that would be really cool. Yeah. That'd be huge. Especially with it's all about knowing. finding your niche. Correct. Of, the answer isn't always like get a Kardashian to mention your product. I think that's almost point. always the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so well, and I hear you on the niches. You know, we always like you know, everyone says there's riches in the niches. Um, okay, so you guys, you typically advise that we mentioned earlier that the value exists in the B and C level. Yeah, is that just because? I, all right, so I I have a friend and client and associate that has is a social influencer to JC Lopez. He's the founder of urban necessities helped him build his YouTube channel. But he, so he had like 400,000 followers on Instagram. And when we announced the YouTube channel, like before we even published a video, he had 10,000 subscribers, very powerful. But, um, you know, people would approach us a lot of times about, so he's specific to sneakers um, people would approach us a lot about wanting to do mentions, but they'd want to pay like 150 bucks, right? which, you know, and Jay was like, it's just not even like, I'd rather just not even have 150 bucks than exactly. water down the brand. Exactly. So just smart. Yeah. So yeah, right. He didn't want to, he didn't want to, there very, was very specific about like the sold out vibe or feeling. Um, now that being said, he gets a great reaction from a lot of people. We did actually do some ads. We did some for a company that does your homework for you. Oh, really? Yeah, because you know what? Ninety, like in the ninety percent, ninety percent or higher of the people that were watching the YouTube channel uh, were like thirteen to nineteen or oh, something. Wow. Parents' credit card, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and easy. it was it was really in the wheelhouse. It was very targeted and stuff like that. So that was a good, and it was also kind of funny. Because, you know, Jay, you've met Jay. And <laughs> yeah. Jay's kind of funny. He's like, man, I don't want to do my homework. He's like, it's and then you like, have the little thing come it. up for five seconds and then it's gone. Yeah. And, you know, that was, 
that was uh, that was interesting. Um, Kids, if you do your homework, one day you'll be able to afford these. <laughs> but, but I would imagine with the you know it's the same way in like music, and we've talked about this some. Just even approaching guests for the podcast, and it's like you know who is likely to want to come on. They're like, oh, I don't know if that person would be interested. I'm like, you might be surprised how easy it is to reach some of these people. Oh yeah. I mean, especially people like Terrell Owens. I just had a buddy use Dennis Rodman in their hydration um, product video. And this was two weeks before he got put in jail for shoplifting from a grocery store. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about literally, you're not, you're not wrong a hundred dollars for folks that are yeah. like, you know, former A-list celebrities as well, which is, is a little bit interesting. So in those kind of examples, what do you got to pay to those guys? Is it I'm, 10 grand, a hundred grand, a million dollars, a hundred dollars for some of them, dude, next to nothing. It, it, it is absolutely wild. The things that these former celebrities will do for literally $100. Cause they're oh. fucking broke, dude. Well, think about ex chiefs players. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, well, Terrell Owens has got enough name recognition, but yeah. dude, he is literally publicly broke. Yeah. Think about the, the hundred chiefs players that are no longer chiefs players that every person in Kansas City would know who they were and they all don't have any money now. So Ryan, you have, a great to, example. you have to be familiar with the Cameo app. What, oh, you haven't heard, seen Cameo? Mm-mm. Cameo is, um, you get shout outs. Okay. So you can send it. So I was going to actually, for 200 bucks, I was going to get iced tea <laughs> to send a message, to send a message for Watson that was letting him know that I am in fact the goat, <laughs> the greatest of all time. And it would have been like, Hey, I'm iced tea. And just so oh, you yeah. know, Watson, your business partner, birthday party shout outs, Christmas, He's the they goat. love doing that. <clears throat> right. So that was 200 bucks. Yeah. Snoop Dogg's like 500. And those are the high ones. And yep. then like, there are a zillion people that I don't even know if we'll call them D list 10 bucks. 10 bucks. And some of these people like actually have a fair, they're YouTubers or whatever. There's a lot of people on there. Like Whit Merrifield of the Royals, like 15 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and just, but just, you know what, if Jojo was on there and you could record something for your daughter, it would make her day. Well, that's the whole point. So like, and it's and dude, it's totally low grade. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like Snoop Dogg, like walking around his house, like with no gimbal and it's shaking and like maybe even smoking weed. Yeah. You know, or he looks like he just perfect. Right. Yeah. That's uh, perfect. Yeah, I know. That was the whole point. <laughs> yeah. So you know, even better. There was, you know, so but I think that's to your point. So if that's the case, you can leverage some pretty Yeah, I think it's just honestly walking people through what it means to to give up advertising access. Cause we also work with a lot of influencers that we come in and build an e-commerce store behind. Yeah. And so we're not just an agency that's going out and trying to, you know negotiate down rates and get influencers, you know, to do more for less. We also work with influencers. So we want to be helpful on both so you, sides. So you actually uh, work on the behalf of some influencers for Correct. them to figure out how to make more money. Correct. And, and, and the two ways we do that is we say, you know, listen, um, yes, you know, Easton, we're going to take real cloth and advertise your audience, but we're also growing your page at the same time, which yeah, as a, totally. as a musician, it's like, great. Especially yeah. one that's, you know, got a, a new album coming up. That's huge for him. And then number two, figuring out rev share deals for them. Instead of saying, hey, you're going to get a $150 check that you're going to you know, spend in one night. You know, Let's figure out a rev share deal. You know us, we're, we're performance marketers, so we're going to grow the brand. You, you're, you're then invested there. And then they're seeing a much larger return long-term and they can be a part of something. And that's also how we're able to get more out of Easton opposed to 
um, again, saying, here's the cost for one post. And it just ends up being a much better partnership. And he's way more fun to work with then. And, you know, that was one of the things I had talked about in our last meeting about mixtape. Because mixtape, you know, uh, we recently were talking about my book and the, the, uh, the recording industry's changed so much. Like people don't sell albums anymore. They're getting rid of iTunes. People don't pay for individual yeah. downloads anymore. It's all streaming. So like, if, for example, on mixtape, it actually makes sense to, for a, a musician to push it because if their fans are listening to their music through it or doing something to get it out there, it's just more streams yep. and that whopping half a penny a stream. And speaking of which, I think it's time to play mixtape. Oh yeah. So, Boom. okay. So mixtape's pretty easy. If you want to check it out, mixtape, the game.com digital product coming real soon now. And it is real. So by the way, I saw uh, the, the beta. Oh, it's freaking cool, dude. It looks great. It looks great. It's not, they uh, use Facebook to connect to the friends, the development team was playing it okay. with each other. It was really cool. They were having a great time and it was all connected and like, it's getting ready. It's coming out soon. Oh, I can't I'm, wait. I'm stoked. Okay. So what song defines your rebellion? Man, I've been thinking about this mm. for like 40 minutes and I just, <laughs> this is a good one. This is a great question. My rebellion you know, the funny thing is, is I just always want to say fuck you by CeeLo Green. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like I, I and I know I need to branch out, but it just always makes so much sense. I'm going with pour some sugar on me. Wow. Just because. Hmm. I'm going to win by default. Yeah, you, I mean, you really are. I feel I'm like I have to go with the, uh, the, the theme song or not the theme song, but the, uh, the music of like Darth Vader. Like, dun, dun, yeah. I can only do three notes without having <laughs> yeah. to pay a royalty. By the way, I'm switching my answer to welcome to the jungle. That's what I'm going with guns and roses. Cause that was like when rebellion first started for me, it came out like seventh, eighth grade, had a fucking jean jacket with a patch on the back and <laughs> tore it up. Listen to that cassette over and over. And that was when you still had to take the cassette out and turn it over and put it back in the mm-hmm. one. Oh, yeah. You know what I think I'm going to love about Mixtape, the uh, digital game, is hopefully it'll give you suggestions of good answers. It will. I'm and I think that. that'll make this game a it lot will. better. Yeah. 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 And that's why we've been beta testing yeah. here yeah. on the show. I'd say, uh, and this is funny because I was born in 88, but uh, summer of 69, just I feel good about that one. That's but, a good uh, one. I'm yeah. an old soul. Clearly, yeah, yeah, born yeah. in '88, and I'm rocking. That's a good one. Some Adams there. It's yeah, that's a odd. good one. All right, I'm voting for him. <laughs> yeah, it's every show, man. I know. <laughs> I'm voting for him too because I don't want you to win. All yeah, right. cool. Weird dynamic here. <laughs> the guest always We're wins. We're really going to have to work out the scoring. Yeah, here. I'm hoping soon enough we'll be able to use our own influencer play, play mixtape live on Instagram, and then let the viewers decide. And that's the only way I'm going to get out of this weird scoring triangle. (laughs) Watson has never voted for me and never will. And I don't even know, like, I don't even want to play anymore with you because I think you're cheating. Are you cheating? No. You should be. I didn't even have the card, so. Okay. So, all right. So, a little review here. Obviously, um, you know, if you guys want to check out what Ryan does, go to booming.com, B-O-O-M-N. Dot com. You do a lot of different stuff. We didn't only scratch the surface. Help you build a brand. Help you find influencers. I think this is a cool topic. I was glad we got to talk about this today. Um, so in, in summary, do you primarily work with 
e-commerce type companies? Like, yes. So something like Stackify is not really a fit? Yeah. So when we started, it was focused on e-commerce and app download campaigns. So app companies. And, okay. and we should and, talk about that a little because you've had some really high success. Yeah, we've, we've had some fun. And, and honestly, one of the reasons why we're not as focused and, and maybe not as focused isn't the right word, but um, a little harsher in our you know due diligence is that we've worked with a couple of app companies that we've blown up, you know, have, have done our jobs in terms of getting, um, you know, large amount of subscribers and, and downloads. And uh, it kind of forced them to be out of business in terms of their pool was too large to to, to kind of help operate and they ran out of their initial funding. And so, huh. you know, for us, it's about approaching app companies that at least they don't even have to be at revenue yet, but have a revenue model that's going to make sense as we scale. Okay. Um, and so, but, again, I know that's not the name of the game with, so, with a lot of the, the, the app companies. But well, well, an example us, was recently uh, Pint Pass. Pint we, Pass. Talk, we can talk about Pint Pass, right? Yeah, you you help them get 30,000 users in yeah. a very short amount of time. Yeah. Dude, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That, that's adoption. Yeah. And that, you know, that drove a lot of interest and, you know, that's the thing is like, where do you get that initial traction? But you'll, you'll do some campaigns like that, that aren't share of revenue. Those are more of a. Correct. And that's, that's the other issue. You know, we, we love this performance model. It just allows both sides to be completely invested. But yeah, I mean, I I would say we're still interested because we have a lot of fun with it. And, And Pine Pass was a great example of unbelievable app, especially for craft beer lovers around the country. It was a national app. So we weren't just you know, stuck in a regional area or, or a city for a launch um, and just focused on on a giveaway. And we gave a, gave away $10,000 in in beer money, which is what Pint Pass does. It Dude, pays if you, you, to, if you could get like Travis Kelsey, about. like drinking beer, talking about Pint Pass, I don't oh, know, yeah. who wouldn't sign up? Exactly. Like, and there's just certain influencers that right. would just be perfect for that. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or just drinking beer. Yeah. Get Ron Swanson to drink beer. <laughs> more of a whiskey guy, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. That's true. Yeah. That's probably true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, okay, well, I, I st- did we determine that you're, and by the way, that $150 influencer check that you are going to get is like not even gas for this freaking tour bus. Dude. You got to move this thing and it's boxing me in. <laughs> it gets gallons per mile. I can't even get out of my parking space. You're, it, the, we got to make some changes here. Matt. I'm sorry. The influencer status that you found is clearly going to your head. Yeah, well, actually, you know, Matt is someone that you will regularly find on lists of influencers. Um, I think some of it's LinkedIn. I do post quite a bit on LinkedIn. And you have a lot of people that. And, and you know what's funny is there's a there's one particular person that always comments on every one of my LinkedIn posts because the guy clearly hates me. It's, it's kind of fascinating. It's, it's me. Man, it's, it's fascinating. Me. Big, it's, the bigger you get, the more that you get. And it's wild. I mean, a and lot of the influencers. I don't even know this guy. It's me. A lot of the influencers we work with, I mean, they're concerned. People show up at their house. And we're really? talking about online influencers. We're not talking about, you know, A-list. We're talking about influencers in the hunting space. And people will drive up to their house and say, hey, can we get a photo? It's like, are you insane? No. <laughs> Dude, people just, they, that, but it comes with the territory. Yeah. Like there's, there's some, um, you got to give some thought to that. Like, and it's really funny because everyone wants to be an influencer. Yeah. Everyone's trying to be an influencer and, and, you know, there's, well, let's talk about as we kind of round this out, what are the, if you, if you think you can become one, you have to have some specific qualities. Like we were talking about the pod, like podcast stats recently and I was reading an article and it was basically said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, don't, 
<laughs> and then it had a li- well because the, it's there's ten thousand new shows coming out a week all of a sudden because people have jumped on the bandwagon and everyone wants to be an influencer and there were some things in there so if you don't have a unique personality or look it, it's a challenge yeah um, if you don't have value to add so you have to be able to entertain people you have to be able to educate them or you have to be able to do help them do something that they wouldn't normally do you also have to be able to or offer them an inside look like for example with Jay. Jay will go to SneakerCon and buy $100,000 worth of sneakers for the store. Well, people, they were interested to see what he's buying. Yeah. And like, how often are you like, hey, let me ride along with you while yeah, you spend cool. 100 really grand cool. on sneakers. So those are actually really popular. And they also want to see different things like that inside look. But if you don't have that ability to do that, you're going to really struggle to build an audience. Yep. And there's a zillion people trying to do it. So like with the podcasting, it's like if you don't have a unique story to tell, if you don't feel like you have some personality or whatever. And I think we figured that out right away. Our first episodes are not good <laughs> compared to where we are 120 later, right? We're getting better. I mean, we... Matt's getting better. Matt is definitely getting better yeah. at podcasting. <laughs> I, you know, of all the mats on the podcast, you have the most potential. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, so if, if you can't do that or you don't have a story, your, your likelihood of being an influencer is pretty diminished. Yeah. I mean, would you agree? I agree. I think it's also about, you know, your, your network. You know, your guys' yeah. network has allowed you guys to grow the, sure. the, the show you know, organically as well. And, and that's a big key to growing something like this. It doesn't just immediately get traction. And so there's gotta be that network that's either going to either be involved or be, you know, ambassadors and fans are going to help, you know, push it along to their audiences as well. And so that's, that's why this show is, is done so well. I mean, you guys have had unbelievable guests throughout, you know, the, the months and years. And, and so that's allowed you guys to get a lot more reach that you wouldn't have if it was just, you know, you two guys in the room. So there's one thing that I wanted to start doing, and this is a great episode to start with, and you'll be our inaugural person. So our new Instagram page at Startup Hustle Podcast, we're only following 23 people at the moment because I want to make a count. And Ryan, you are the 24th. There we go. So am I allowed to shout you out? Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, Emma, we are allowed to tell everyone where they can also follow you. Oh, you bet. So on Instagram, you are O'Connell Ryan. So you're, and you're, you're number 24. Um, I'm going to shout out who else we've decided to follow. <laughs> Kevin McGinnis, Matt Watson. Who's that? I don't know. Ben Jackson of Bungie, Bo Nelson of Thou Mayest, Ryan Weber of the Tech Council, Blake Miller of Homebase, Chris Cheatham of Risk Genius, Davion Ross of Shop Tracker, Mixtape, Andrew Morgans, Ezzy Redwood, Luke Wade, amongst others. If you want to see the rest of the list, check us out on Instagram. And going forward, we are going to start following someone that is already following us. So we will pick someone from our existing followers and talk about you or your business here on the podcast. All right. We'll make sure everybody uh, signs up, um, subscribes to the podcast. Give us five stars, please. Love it. See, I told you Matt was getting better. Yeah. I know, man. Wow. It's a good or six stars. That's fine. Yeah. That's what we need to do. Six stars. I'm still working on creating the Matt bot. Yes. We'll keep you updated on that. And if you want to check out the latest selfie and selfie, once again, join us on Instagram. <laughs> All right. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.